Thank you so much for joining our third podcast for Bridal Banter. We are really excited to be having a chat with you guys again today about some really fun and interesting topics. Today's topic is wedding traditions and their meanings um, and we can't wait to tell you all about some of the information we've learned and have a little chat about them. Before I do though, um, we just wanted to say hi to Ruby again. We weren't, you weren't with us for the last podcast. So hi Ruby, how are you doing? I'm good. I feel like I missed out on all of the fun from last, last podcast, but I'm back. I'm back. You're back. Yeah. Woo! And Amy, Amy, you're with us again this week. How are you doing, Ames? Yeah, good. Feeling positive with everything that's going on in the world it seems like you know we're coming out of this so looking forward to getting to the other side oh absolutely and has everybody had good weeks or has it been a challenge it's been all right i've had a good week actually i think to be honest the weather has just made it so much easier to mm, enjoy totally. yourself I yeah think the weather on the weekend was gorgeous wasn't it oh, it was so beautiful 25 degrees and you just get that like the summer in the air, the sweet smell. And you're just like, yeah. I'm ready to yeah. party now. Definitely. Mm. I know. Absolutely. Yeah. I was a bit the same. I had a pretty good week because I enjoyed the sunshine. So got out, parks are back, got to take um, my little boy to the park again, which was really nice. So I've been oh. there like every day. <laughs> Saving grace. That's it. I know. Just a bit. <laughs> I know. Well, so look, what we want to have a chat about today, as I mentioned, was some of those wedding traditions that we see very frequently through a lot of the weddings that we hosted on Core. We have got some ones that are on the list. So I'll run through some of the sort of most popular options or most popular things that people sort of include in their weddings. Uh, we've got first dance. We've got wedding cakes. We've got wearing a white dress. Why you wear your wedding ring on a certain ring finger hens and bucks parties the old something old something new something borrowed and something blue we've also got garter toss and bouquet toss mm -hmm. and we've got honeymoons so obviously there are these are all the sort of very common sort of traditions that we tend to see coming through there are obviously a heap of other amazing cultural sort of traditions that we also see coming through from some of our couples that either might be sort of greek italian croatian jewish and they're such beautiful cultural sort of traditions and we will touch on those at another time so today we're going to kind of keep some of those more standard ones that I guess everybody would be used to seeing and hearing and knowing and, and watching when they go to weddings. So Amy, you're going to tell us a little bit about the tradition of or the meaning behind the wedding cake. Yes. Yeah, so obviously wedding cakes um, are really, really popular. Most weddings that you go to have a wedding cake. So the origin behind the wedding cake dates back to ancient Rome um, when weddings concluded with the bride, sorry, with the groom breaking a loaf of barley bread over the bride's head and this symbolised fertility. And then guests <laughs> would scramble to pick up all the crumbs in order to take some home for good luck. So that's where it all started. Um, and then the cake cutting today doesn't represent fertility at all. It's just the first activity that is done as a couple. Well, I'm so glad that we're not breaking bread over bride's heads because the amount of money yeah. people spend on like <laughs> beauty and hairdressing and outfits. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, um, they always date back to kind of really obscure origins, I think. And then 
you know, they kind of get more modernized as time goes on. And traditions are a funny one because a lot of people go into weddings not knowing the reason behind why we do certain things at weddings, why it's a tradition. And I guess once you are educated on it, you can make a decision as to whether or not to include it in your special day. I just, that made me rem- remember this little trend that happened in the last couple of years. But I don't even know if it's actually like a trend or just, or if it's got any sort of traditional meaning behind it. But you know, when people get the cake and they throw it or like smash it into the other person's face, is that just. (laughs) (laughs) That has been, that is not just a trend from the last couple of years, Rude. That's been ongoing for a long time. Feeding each other the cake, all that kind of stuff. But it's like the real like violent smash into each other. I'm like, why would you? do that my makeup (laughs) (laughs) well i think it was always supposed to be i think it was always supposed to be like a romantic thing like you both fed each other your cake and then i thought obviously at some point someone thought it'd be funny to like smear it over someone's face and i think it just became a thing Mm. i see okay Uh, yeah i mean there are lots of different ways that people are doing it these days now like you know more recently we've seen you know the cheese wheel towers we've seen cupcake towers um we've seen crock and bush we've seen lots of different ones we've seen the hanging cakes do you remember the hanging oh my god that was was my wedding that was my bride yeah she suspended (laughs) her cake from the ceiling it's amazing i've seen some like upside down hanging cakes and all sorts of things so imaginative so there's lots of different ways that you can do a cake and you can you know incorporate into your wedding however you want to do it if you don't want to just go down the traditional cake route but yeah Mm. And I suppose there's also comes then the cutting of the cake as well. I mean, a lot of people these days tend to cut the cake, you know, in the front half of the wedding so that their photographer can get a picture of it. Yeah. But I think traditionally it always used to be a little bit later in the night, sort of after you'd had main, you know, after you'd had your main course. When did you cut your cake, Amy? I can't remember. Did you have I, a cake? That you can't remember because I didn't have a cake at my wedding. Did you not have a oh, cake? No, no I didn't have one. So there you go. So that's what I mean. There are some traditions that I suppose you, that you pick and choose as well, you know, and um, I didn't do the cake just because I wanted espresso martinis instead and that's what the budget allowed for. And um, okay. I, I wasn't going to have both. I could have one or the other. <laughs> well, I definitely enjoyed your pseudo wedding cake, i.e. the, the espresso martinis. Espresso martinis, <laughs> yeah. yeah. so approval all round that's great and then I also didn't do the white dress but we'll I'll I'll tell you about that when we go through why we do white dress yeah absolutely well that leads us in actually quite nicely so I mean obviously a lot of people tend to go with a white or an ivory dress it's sort of obviously something that's just become tradition over the years um but this is something that became a popular option in 1840 and it was after actually after the marriage of queen victoria to albert of saxe coburg when victoria wore a white gown and it was trimmed with lace before this royal brides actually didn't wear white and actually red dresses were more the the popular option today obviously we think of white dresses as being you know they're associated with you know, light, goodness, innocence, purity, virginity. And it's also supposed to be the color of perfection. And I mean, look, everybody that knows has ever worn white. Like you have to really concentrate on not yeah. getting it dirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, 
I mean, I had a I had an ivory gown for my wedding, but I got married in Scotland, and there's actually a tradition in Scotland where they still actually have a red dress. So a lot of Scottish weddings and traditionally Scottish families, obviously, a groom will be wearing a kilt and a sporran and all that jazz, um, and actually the bride will be wearing red. Or sometimes people will have that as a second, you know, an outfit change. Mm. And Amy, you had a gold dress, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I love white dresses. I think they're beautiful. And I mean, I think brides always look stunning in white. But for me, I love, I'm a bit of a magpie. I love anything sparkly, anything sequins. And I've always, always wanted to wear a fully sequined gold dress. Like I always have wanted to wear one when I got engaged. I was like, well, when is, I just never found the right opportunity to wear that dress. And so I was like, well, wait, if I'm not going to do it at my wedding, when am I going to do it? <laughs> oh, and you looked absolutely gorgeous on your wedding day, Amy, and your photos. Anybody that wants to see Amy's wedding dress, you can actually jump onto our Instagram page. Mm. Um, and we've got little posts and there's a picture of Amy and her gorgeous husband, Matt, on yeah. their wedding day with a few sort of inspirational words about um, keeping going through lockdown. Oh, thanks, um, Ruby. Oh, no, yeah. you, you're gorgeous. <laughs> but Ruby, you, obviously you're, you're not married yet. You're our lovely unmarried voice within this podcast today. Would you go with a white dress or would you go with something different, do you reckon? Do you know what? I've actually thought about this quite a lot. Go figure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I really, I would love to do something completely different and have that something that, like with you, Amy, like, you had that dress and you will always remember that dress as being your wedding dress. Mm. But I feel like there's something just so beautiful about a white gown to me that it has nothing to do with purity or anything. I think I just, I just prefer it. And I think you could do so much with white. So mm. I've been tossing, tossing, tossing up between maybe doing like an off-white or something, but I would probably do the white. I was thinking about when I first started doing weddings back in Adelaide, one of my first brides, she was this beautiful redhead, like gorgeous, fiery red hair, beautiful porcelain skin. She had like a deep purple wedding dress. And it was, wow. it was so beautiful. I remember oh, she yes. was telling me about it in the process and I was like, oh, okay. But when she was there on the day, like everything just matched perfectly. And I was mm. like, you know what? Like, that probably would do would be something I would do. Yeah. But, yeah. Have well, you guys like, ever what? seen um, Sophie Keisha's dress? Do you know Sophie Keisha on Instagram? Oh, she actually one. got married in that black dress. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it was amazing. And I think that you can, I mean, I don't necessarily think colour means that it uh, makes you stand out or anything like that. You're going to stand out no matter what colour you wear when you wear the day white you know, purple, black, whatever, because you're the bride and the bride always is, looks the most beautiful, like, you know, so <laughs> I don't think you need to worry about that. You just need to go with what you want to do. And I think the thing mm. about traditions is, well, I know for me, when I told my mum, for example, I was wearing a gold dress, it took her a while to really get her head around it. You know, she was like, yeah. why are you wearing gold? Why wouldn't you wear white? That's not a wedding dress though, you know, like, and it did take a really long time for her to uh, come around to it. But as soon as the day was there and she saw it I think that she realized that I was just doing it my way and I think that that's the most important thing you've got to do your wedding your way exactly mm -hmm. quintessentially your personality and if it's portraying your authentic self then why what better place to do it than your wedding day mm. I think the beauty of that is if you if you're not constrained to tradition 
you've got the freedom to, yeah, like you said, when am I ever going to wear a gold sequin dress? Like Mm. if not now, when? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the thing. I think it's really important to try and keep your wedding as true to who you are as people as possible. You know, sometimes you do come across couples who, not that they get bogged down in traditions, but I think they're trying to please family. They're trying to, you know, do the things that they feel that they should do. And I think, you know, if you're not careful, you can end up having this day, which is dedicated to all these things that actually don't necessarily mean anything to you. And Definitely. I think that's why it's really good if you can to stick to your guns and to do with, with what feels right for you, I think. 100%. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. So on sort of while we're on that fashion topic, onto rings jewellery. We love a bit of jewellery in our office. <laughs> Ruby, you're going to tell us a little bit about the ring finger and the significance of that. Yeah. I mean, this was one of the things that I had no idea about. And it was... Yeah, like you said, one of those things that you just assume is a part of a wedding or a part of um, engagement or marriage in the whole sense of the word. But I didn't actually realise where it came from. So the left hand is the hand closest to your heart, what has the connection to your heart. And now the pronunciation of the, of the vein that it is, is Vienna Amoris, which is Latin for vein of love. Um, very romantic in in (laughs) itself and then on the fourth finger of the left hand it's symbolic and declares eternal love for one each other one of love for one another bit cute really isn't it (laughs) i've had no idea i think that's so cute what i do Mm. want to know is what did you guys feel about engagement rings and then like wedding bands because I know you both have both, you've got engagement ring and wedding bands as well. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Well, I actually, um, I was lucky enough to design my own engagement ring. My lovely husband proposed with um, a beautiful crystal ring to surprise me with, with part of the engagement. But uh, yeah, I got to choose and design my own ring. So it's very special to me. And it's, I know that it's one of a kind and it's sort of very unique in terms of the design and the meaning, which is, which is nice. And I just really went with a very simple band, wedding band to go next to it. But what I actually do have also on my ring finger, which a lot of people see, and and I have had a few people ask me about it, is I actually also wear my grandmother's wedding ring. Um, I didn't know that was your grandma's ring. I thought it might have been an eternity ring or something. Yeah. yeah no this little gold ring is actually my grandmother's wedding ring so and we both have very tiny little fingers so <laughs> she did so yeah that's my little that's 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 something that's very special to me and actually did you know that you're supposed to wear your for those that aren't already married you are supposed to wear your wedding band closest to your hand not to your end of your finger because it's supposed to be closest to your heart the wedding ah, band i didn't know that yeah so if you're wearing your wedding band on the t- tip end of your finger, then you're wearing it the wrong way. Ooh, tradition breaker. According to tradition, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, when I, w- it was different to you, uh, Tones, I didn't trust myself choosing a ring for myself because I don't know, I'm quite, I can be quite indecisive and I just knew that if I got to choose my own ring, I would be umming and ahhing about what to have, what to get myself, for a really long time and then I'd probably end up making the wrong decision and not like it. (laughs) So I sort of just said to my partner, if we're going to get engaged, I want you to choose the ring and he did and he did an awesome job. So yeah, so it was, uh, he chose an opal and diamond ring for me and I love it. And we just had to buy the band to fit, to fit it. 
Oh. I was looking at rings, as you do. Um, <laughs> but I was, for the longest time, I was like, if it's not a canary yellow diamond the size of a 50 cent coin, I don't want to hear about yeah. it. <laughs> then I looked up how much that was going to be. Wow. And I was like, holy moly. I got yeah. a real- the colour diamonds are so beautiful, though. I mean, I do love a single solitaire natural like diamond. They you, you can't beat a classic, but the but the coloured stones are are amazing too. Oh, well, I remember when I designed my ring after it was made. I love it. Don't get me wrong, but you do do because you've looked at so many rings and you've looked at ideas and designs. Then you start having kind of like ring envy, and you're like, oh, but I like that ring, and oh, I like yes. that ring now. See, that's why yeah. I didn't trust myself, Tones. That's why I didn't trust myself. I knew I would do that. <laughs> you get to the point where you're just like, oh, did I make the right decision? Am I happy? Yeah. And then you see other girls. And being in the industry that we're in, we get to see a lot of engagement rings, don't we? Oh yeah. And oh my goodness me, have I seen some humongous rings in my time um there are some very lucky girls out there is all i can say i know i know it does it does make you envious when you see those ones you're like oh god that ring so okay so on to the next tradition so this is something that obviously we all know and love the old adage or the old sort of rhyme something old something new something borrowed and something blue Mm. so for those that don't know this tradition um that's where you are supposed to have on you on your wedding day something that's old something new something borrowed and something blue and it's supposed to bring you sort of luck so when this tradition was formed it also included a sixpence in your shoe and names for good luck objects the bride needs to carry on the day so the old stands for continuity the new stands for optimism for the future Something borrowed symbolizes borrowed happiness. Why you would need borrowed happiness, I don't know. Um, (laughs) And something blue symbolizes purity, love, and fidelity. Now, I can say I did on the wedding day have one of each of those. And I also had not a sixpence, but I did have a silver coin in my shoe. In your Um, shoe? I was going to say... I think I know why they dropped the sixpence in your shoe, <laughs> but you did it. <laughs> I did it. Yeah. I, I'm look, I'll be honest with you at heart. I'm a real traditionalist. I like mm. to kind of pretend that I'm up and down with the new things, but I really am a bit old school in some of these things. And I, I think, I don't know whether it's just my upbringing or the English in me or what it is, but I think English weddings are very traditional in that sense. But yeah, yeah I had a sixpence taped in, not a sixpence, but I had a silver coin of the same size taped into my shoe on my wedding day. And wow. um, it was bloody uncomfortable. I'll tell oh. you that much. <laughs> Can imagine. I <laughs> oh, came God. out after the ceremony. But yeah, I had something old was, no, I'll start with, uh, some, my, my something new was my beautiful dress, obviously. Mm. My something borrowed was actually an amazing cathedral length veil that one of my girlfriends lent to me. It was stunning. My something blue, I actually had a blue ribbon stitched into the back of my dress or something blue. And my something old, well, I kind of, (laughs) it's quite embarrassing saying this on the podcast, but my something old was my amazing control undies. that I wore on the day <laughs> you good old good old don't worry I did I did get changed out of them for the evening uh, after the wedding but yeah I had my big old nana undies on which were great you know what Tones there's no shame in wearing spanks on your wedding day you should have seen mine it was an all in one number went down to my knees came up went over my bra it looked like an old school wrestling outfit like <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, Matt, what a lucky guy. I know, I know. I was like, you married, you married me now, so you got oh, to live with it. <laughs> I love it. That's so good. Did yeah. you do anything like that, Amy? Did you do anything? Do you know what? I, I actually completely, I probably would have done it if I remembered, but I completely forgot about that tradition. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't do it, but I think I would have. I think that's a really nice tradition to sort of, to do, especially because you get to borrow something off someone and you get to, you know, it, I think it's a, it's a really nice tradition and it's quite meaningful. Yeah, I think it's quite nice. Okay, on to the next one. Amy, Garter and or Boketos. Yes, so this one is probably the tradition that, I don't know about you guys, when um, planning weddings, you know, a lot of people do the do the cake and a lot of people do the first dance and it's not uncommon for, you know, people to do that all the time. But the garter toss and the bouquet toss are really 50-50. Some people do them and some people don't. So they originated in the UK and France where guests would try to obtain a piece of the bride's dress for good luck, which often left the bride, I mean, of course, filled with anxiety and nervousness and tense throughout the entire ceremony with anticipation of her dress being ripped to shreds by an eager mob of wedding guests. Naked by the end of it. I know. And then so uh, today the tradition continues with a less anxiety causing garter toss and bouquet toss, which symbolises, you know, the next man or woman to be married, whoever catches the said garter or bouquet. So, yeah. yeah Slightly I mean, less petrifying than having yeah, your dress ripped exactly. off of you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Not so much anxiety. But I think that the bouquet toss is definitely more popular than the garter toss. Would you agree? Mm, yeah, absolutely. I don't see very many, well, not as many people do the garter toss. I think bouquet toss still is quite prevalent, but I think garter toss tend to, I think a lot of brides tend to feel a bit awkward about their husband disappearing up the dress to take yeah, the garter yeah. off and all that sort of stuff in front of family members. That's what I thought. Every time that I've come across asking this question, most people are just like, oh no, definitely not. Mm. I think, yeah, it's just a little bit of a different vibe now when... Yeah. Yeah, I did see. I did see one wedding though in Encore where um, the guy, uh, the groom, sorry, the guy, the groom played footy, and so what he did was the bride took off the garter herself. They tied it to a footy and threw the footy into the crowd of boys. Oh, oh that's good. They threw the garter. So I was like, oh, you know, that's quite a good modern way of doing it. Yeah, that's good fun. I like that. I think that's pretty good. Okay, toss though. I see that still quite quite a lot although Mm. I have found more and more these days that a lot of couples are coming to me and saying oh look we actually don't have very many um you know unmarried friends we're still the last in our pack of friends to kind of get married Um, and one thing that I always suggest in that instance is well maybe you might like to gift your bouquet to somebody special as part of your speech so if you're going to stand up and you know say a few words at the same time as your husband you know I will I always make the suggestion you, know, you could gift it to the person that's been married in the room mm. for the longest or maybe to your mother-in-law if she's really been really helpful or someone that's helped you really you know a lot through the planning process I was I was really hoping you would say that because I thought if you're going to just single out the only single person left in the wedding to make <laughs> and, like, get the bouquet like here you go Aww. one day honey one, one day, day. <laughs> although has 
anybody seen on Instagram? Maybe it's just me. Maybe I scroll Instagram way too much. But there have been heaps of videos recently of people doing these planned proposals with the bouquet. So like the bride yeah. is in on it. And then she turns around, she walks over and gives it to a member of her bridal party. And then the bridal party member turns around and her, you know, fiance or her boyfriend's standing on the floor proposing. And it's like a thing. Mm. I have seen that. I don't know about that. I think, look, maybe because I just want the day to be about me and no one else. (laughs) Come on. I think that this this topic, I think this topic really does divide people because, Yeah. yeah, I think that, I, I've spoken to my friends about this as well because yeah, it's something that I've seen a lot two times and it and some of my friends are like, Oh, how much fun would that be though? End the night with a bang, someone else is engaged, so exciting, your day and some of my friends are like, Hell no, no, it's my day, you know, and I wouldn't want anyone else to be doing that. See, I'm different from you as well, Ruby. I would love that to happen at the end of my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be a bit like, of excitement yeah! for everyone to go home on. <laughs> exactly it gives someone it gives everyone something to look forward to for Mm. time so if 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 um nathan was gonna propose to you ruby you wouldn't want him to organize it through like someone's wedding then safe to say to be honest uh, no because i would feel bad for the bride if if the bride was anything like me I'd, i'd feel really guilty i'd be like i'm so sorry like i didn't know this was gonna happen yeah <laughs> If you yeah, you would want the bride to be in on it. You'd have to have the bride to be in oh, on it. You could just do it, yeah. Oh <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, your boyfriend would be like rugby tackling the bride to get the bouquet offered just so that he can make sure it goes to the right person. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tackling the bride. Oh my god. Lord, can you just imagine? One minute they're ripping the dress off, next minute it's a bouquet. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. What are some of the other traditions? Um, Ruby, you're going to tell us a bit about honeymoons, aren't you? Yes. So honeymoons, very different to where they originated from, but they were back. Uh, they started back in the fifth century, and it had something to do with um, when cultures would be represented by the time of the moon cycle. And Ooh. back then the newlyweds would drink mead, which is a type of beer or an alcoholic drink. And it would be during the first moon of their marriage. So it had to do with time, I guess. But now it's obviously very different. People like to just have a getaway. Mm. I much prefer. But <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting though. So many people now are obviously doing it a lot later Mm. uh i guess like with you guys amy did you you didn't go straight away did you no we went we had a mini moon so we were going to do what what how you said most couples do it now where they um you know wait until summer to go on a you know european holiday we were going to go to japan uh, in a few months time after our wedding and we went to tasmania just for a little mini break straight after the wedding it was amazing i loved it like it was just perfect we never got to japan because uh had my uh, we got pregnant pretty quickly but um yeah so and now who knows when Wasn't we'll get that to later <laughs> yeah <laughs> something like that too you obviously got Funny busy on the mini moon <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, so we went. So I couldn't, I couldn't promote an Australia-based mini moon more. Uh, it was so awesome going, you know, within Australia, somewhere that I hadn't been. I hadn't been to Tasmania, and it was just a really nice um, mini break going somewhere different like that and close. Well, that's great as well for some of these brides that have been so heavily affected by COVID-19 to, to know that you can still have a really beautiful break, even yeah. if you're not going internationally for something, you know, obviously we're just waiting for these borders to open at some point, but I'm sure that people will be able to have some amazing honeymoons. Australia is such an incredible place. Oh yeah. I know my list of places I want to go in Australia has just gotten longer in this time. Yeah. Reckon it's so true. I'm the same. I kind of, I think it's not until you're told that you can't go somewhere that you suddenly want to go everywhere. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Uh, where would your dream honeymoon be, um, Rubes? Oh, I'd say definitely somewhere in Italy. Um, mm. like along the coastline, just, um, what's that, that coastline? Is it the Amalfi Coast? Yes. Oh my goodness. I've just literally been looking at photos of that. For some reason, it just keeps on popping up on my Instagram feed. But that would just be the most amazing place to go and just I feel like that's the perfect location for you to take heaps and heaps of Instagram worthy um, pictures through. <laughs> well, okay. I gotta get that hashtag content. Mm. <laughs> Aww, absolutely. I was really lucky actually, we because we went back to the UK for our wedding, we so close to Europe that we did obviously do a honeymoon in Europe. So we went off for three weeks and we went to Barcelona, um, then we went and did um, mm. areas in France. We went to Lyon, we went to Paris. We then went down to Nice, which is on the coast. Yeah, and had a little bit of a tour around. It was beautiful. That would have been awesome. That sounds beautiful. And I think that one thing that I would say is, in hindsight, while I loved my our little mini moon and we did have a big thing planned for the further down the track, if I could go back in time and just say, don't worry about the money, just go, I would do it because mm -hmm. I, we were probably, we'd spent a bit on the wedding. We were a bit worried about money. So we thought we'd do a mini moon, save up again and go overseas when really I think well, we should have just spent up and gone while we were, you know, mm -hmm. while we were just us, had no responsibilities and could just go. Um, mm -hmm. Now that we've got a kid, who knows when we're going to get away together for a, a holiday like that again. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I would just say, do it, do the Maldives, do your Euro trip, do the thing that's mm -hmm. going to cost a heap of money because mm -hmm. um, you're not going to get that opportunity again. And, you know, you can save up for other things after the honeymoon. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, that's the thing, isn't it? And I think it's true for anything major that you do in life. Once you've done that thing, you move on. You just, you, you think that you're going to linger on that moment in time for a bit longer. I mean, when we got married, we had a very small wedding in the UK. We had planned to come back to Australia and have a bit of a celebration here with all of our Aussie friends. And honestly, after we'd had the wedding, after we'd had the honeymoon, we'd taken an extended period of time off of work. We'd spent so much money. We just went, oh, well, I just don't know that it's in, you know, it's in our budget or it's in our range really to kind of do another celebration now we thought oh well maybe we'll do one in 12 months or something and and eight years later we still haven't had a second wedding yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you never know we might just we might renew our vows at 10 years or something who knows but um mm. yeah I agree with Amy seize the moment and one thing that I don't know that many people really understand when they first start planning a wedding is just how exhausting it can be in that last sort of little phase and so having some time when it's just the two of you afterwards, just to go and, you know, debrief and kind of have just a moment in time where you can just enjoy being married and have nothing else on your plate, I think is really nice. 
definitely. Mm. Um, so I'm just trying to think whether there's anything else um, traditions wise. Look, there's the first dance, which is obviously super important, which a lot of people do tend to go with. And this is traditionally, this is actually um, harks back to the days of sort of kings and queens and big balls. And the first dance was basically where you would open up the ball or the special mm. event. Um, and it was normally led by the guest of honour. And look, a lot of people still do do a first dance. And I, I love the first dance. I think mm. um, when we've when we've worked weddings and we're, when we're there on the day, we work a wedding. It's that moment where it almost like not only just, it sort of seals the deal almost for me. It sort of like encapsulates like this moment where great, my job here is done. You know, like you guys mm. have had, you've, you've had your ceremony, you've had some amazing food and everyone's just really enjoying themselves. It's just, it's just a moment in time where yeah. it's sort of time stands still somehow. It's just really beautiful and romantic and I love it myself. Yeah, I agree. I think it really, it, it ties it all together. Like you said, tones and Depending on when when you do it, a lot of couples these days are doing it at the start of the of the reception, mainly to get it out of the way. Um, mm. Particularly if you are not confident in dancing or you are a bit nervous. But mm. I really like it when they do it after the uh, mains, after that's all done, mm. it kicks off the the party time. Everyone gets the sense that it's eating is now done, formalities are done. Yeah. Party. I think that it's I love the first dance as well and I was and I mean I was a bit of, tr of a tradition breaker at my wedding no white dress no cake um no something borrowed something blue didn't do any of that but I definitely did a first dance and I definitely did a father-daughter dance they were the two things that were quite important to me so um mm. of all the traditions but I did it at the very beginning of the night we got introduced straight into the first dance and it wasn't to get it out the way it was because I very much wanted to set the tone for the night that everyone was supposed to be dancing and yeah. so I did it um, as soon as we walked in, we did a first dance and then we had two really upbeat songs and then everyone kind of got on the dance floor by, you know, it started at, I think, six o'clock. Everyone was dancing by 6.15 and then we went and sat down and had a meal. And so I wanted everyone know, to know that their place was on that dance floor with me. <laughs> yeah, that's gorgeous. And you know what? I think that's a really great way of kind of, you know, making something really personal. It's what we were saying before, wasn't it? About yeah. you know, you've got to make it about you guys as a couple. And I love that. Yeah. And um, I will say this as well. At our wedding, my friend's mum said, to my friend who was in my bridal party, I think that there's a professional dancer at Amy's wedding and it was Ruby. <laughs> I was like, she ain't a professional dancer, that's Ruby. And then, because Ruby was just carving up the dance floor. And then number two, there was a friend of mine just after my father-daughter dance. So we start, kicked off the night with the first dance. We had something to eat. And then when the dinner was done, my dad and I did the father-daughter dance to let everyone know that, the dance floor was opening back up again and um just at the end of the my friend was filming it and at the end of it you know he films this nice moment with me and my dad and then this upbeat song starts, starts pans around the room everyone's starting to get on the dance floor and then there's antonia at the bar <laughs> and she turns around hands up in the air waves her hands through her hair and like shakes her ass gets on the dance floor and like breaks it down straight away and i was like they're two great moments from dance floor moments from my wedding. So. Uh, I, I will say your wedding was particularly fun. I definitely <laughs> enjoyed myself. I'm not going to lie. Oh, it was so funny. Two oh, dances. Brilliant. I'm glad you guys uh, were there with me. No, it was good fun. <laughs>
Um, Amy, you were telling me about a very cool slash strange tradition that yeah. happened that you're aware yeah. of. Tell me about it. So when we were researching, well, ob- we're researching the origins of all of uh, these traditions, there, I came across a page that was uh, all about strange traditions that um, a lot of cultures do. And, you know, there's um, there's lots of different ones, like there's a, a bride stealing where the bride has to go, or the groom has to go and steal the bride from her parents' house and kidnap her. And it's all this big story that leads up to the day. But this one in Scotland is called a blackening. And basically um, it's where it, it, it originated back in the fifth century. And it's a, and it's usually takes place the day before the wedding. The blackening involves the bride or groom's friends seizing the soon-to-be um, newlywed and covers them in a mixture of treacle, soot, feathers and flour before noisily parading them through the streets. <laughs> And I actually saw this and I thought, and, and it's a way to ward off evil spirits before the wedding day. And I saw this and I thought, oh my God, I know this story because my dad's friends did this to him. So my dad, oh, to my dad. <laughs> yeah. So when my mum oh. and dad got engaged, my, my family from the UK, when my mum and dad got engaged, his work friends stripped him naked, covered him in treacle and flour and locked him up in a locker. <laughs> it's like yeah it's like a funny thing to do and I was always really sort of like what why would they do that but it's like the funny thing where you back in the day my mum always says that when her friends got married they break into the hotel room of the bride and groom where they were staying that night or back at their house and put rice in their bed or put you know you know do something like a trick for them yeah absolutely like that's that's actually um i still know that to today it's part and parcel as you go and break into the honeymoon suite and plan something like funny that they can find or stupid or silly or something and yeah um lots of tricks but but i reckon i mean that's why i guess that's why we now traditionally know that as part of the hens and bucks nights usually the guys do something horrendous to the groom (laughs) you don't do it the day before that's why you don't do it the day before the wedding yes exactly yeah well i know we had we had our we had ours um andy had his the week before our wedding and I literally said to his friends, I said, I swear to God, if you shave his eyebrows off or get a tattoo on his face or anything like that, you are done. You are dead meat. <laughs> so um, another story was that my, um, my dad's best mate's wedding, he had his bucks the night before and my, and his wife still hasn't forgiven my dad. She still gets so angry no. every time we're around them. My dad shaved a bald patch off the back of his head. And so on his wedding day in England, in the church, he faced the priest. And so all the guests could see a bald patch, like he had a John Howard. Oh, no, that is (laughs) so bad. So bad. I know. And his wife is just like, you've ruined my wedding photos. You've ruined my wedding day. She still still doesn't let him let it go all these years later. (laughs) that is hilarious oh my god I love that that's so good Uh, well look there's definitely some really fun traditions in there and there's some what some of them that I just think some of the kind of traditions don't make sense to what they are today really do they but I think it's I think it's lovely to have traditions as part of your wedding as long as it kind of it fits with who you are as a couple I agree I think it's you can you can pick and choose with any of these but as long as it's it means something to you or however 
you know, if a first dance means something completely different to what the original traditional um, meaning is, still do it. It's your wedding. Yeah, it doesn't it's matter, does it? It doesn't matter. It do, I think as long as you're being true to yourselves and you keep that in the forefront of your mind, that it's not about anyone else. It's about you and your partner and that's it. Then your wedding day is going to be exactly what you want it to be, whatever reason you're doing, whatever tradition. Precisely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think... I think this whole year, as, as painful as it has been for so many couples having to postpone weddings, I think it gives you some clarity and it gives you some time. And I would imagine that the wedding that a lot of people have, not surely based on numbers or, or, or things like that, but the actual style of the wedding that they have may be completely different now to what they had initially planned it to be, just on the basis that they've actually had to stop and take stock and think about what is important to them and what means means more to them than you, well, you just rather than just going on that roller coaster of just doing anything because yeah. everyone else does it. Mm, exactly. So yeah. hopefully this helped everyone sort of break down those traditions and work out what is important to them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for listening to us. It's been really nice to have you on board for another of our aimless chats. We like to just <laughs> talk about It's <laughs> nice things. to chat. I miss I know. you guys. Chit chat. Oh, I know. I know. We'll, we'll be back in the office soon, I'm sure. <laughs> I know. Well, thanks again and join us for the next podcast, which will be our fourth podcast. The topic is still to be uh, decided upon. So if you've got any ideas of anything that you want us to talk about, do get in touch with us via Facebook or Instagram. Um, Otherwise, take care, stay safe, and we look forward to talking to you soon. Bye now. Bye. Thank you.